0: And now, move the sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's going on, everybody? DJ Bucky here. Move the sticks back for our second kind of recap episode here, following the NFL Draft. And Bucky, I'm excited. We got one of our uh, one of our buddies joining us here on the podcast today.
2: I know we got a guy fresh off of uh, living in that other world. You've now come to the dark side, <laughs> Rand Carthon. Three years as a player, nine years as a scout. Most recently, director of pro personnel with the L.A. Rams. Welcome to the show,
3: man. Hey, man, appreciate it. What's up, fellas?
0: No, oh, It's nice to have you in here, man. We're going we're gonna to end up peppering you with some questions. But just for those that don't know, we always try and take people behind the curtain on here and what goes on inside an organization. So your role, your last role, director of pro personnel, for those listening that don't know what that is or what your duty entails, why don't you explain it for them?
3: Hmm, let me see. Let me give you this, the shortened version. So uh, in charge of the day-to-day maintenance of the roster, um, that basically means... Uh, if a guy gets cut, we have to watch that guy know who he is and you know see what his fit is for our club. We did uh free agency you know they un- uh, unrestricted free
0: agents uh as well as the week to week uh scouting reports for our upcoming opponents for the coaching staff so in in advance we've talked a little bit about an advanced scouting report so Give us, give us the uh, the rundown of what goes into an advance. What information are you compiling and putting together to put it in advance? It's a lot, and it, and it really varies from coaching staff to
3: coaching staff. Some coaching staffs want very minimal. Some want all the information you can give them. But in a sense, we break down the uh, 53 players on the roster, do a full evaluation, uh, strengths and weaknesses of each phase, uh, offense, defense, special teams, players to watch, which are the key players the players that you got a game plan around players to attack, you know, guys that we're going to go after. And then we even break it down and go a step further. Uh, myself and Ray Agnew, who's still with the uh, Los Angeles Rams. Uh, we will watch TV copies of games and see if we could pick up on any little signals, hand signals, the audio words and whatever we can find that'll help the coaching staff. And we'll get that information to them and allow the uh, quality control coaches
0: to break it down and, have you have you had instances where, uh, and I know I've, places I've been where they've been able to, to to crack a code a little bit? Have you had an instance with a team where quarterback gets to the line of scrimmage and there's a check and you get the you get the terminology and then they're actually dumb enough not to change it and it's carried over to the oh, next Oh yeah. yeah,
3: and and it's amazing. But I've also on the flip side had it like where you felt like you got a beat on it, and you are confident you print out this whole spread. <laughs> hey coach, I got him. This is how we defend it. Yeah. And then they flip it. (laughs) You're looking like on Monday like, my bad. (laughs) That's funny. Um, I'm glad we're doing
2: the behind the curtain discussion on pro scouting versus college scouting because I've always felt like it was a fascinating divide between the pro side and the college side in terms of the difficulty or the challenge of evaluating players. Meaning from a college scout standpoint, which is more my background, DJ's background – you're trying to project what a player is going to be at the next level. Whereas at the pro side, you get a chance to see like versus like. Um, You've also kind of floated and done both. Talk about the differences between being a college scout and a pro scout when it comes to
3: evaluation. Well – there is a little bit of a divide, you know, it's, you Oh
0: know, yeah. Babies, this is, like it's guys. like it's like it's like it's like the military, right? You got the Marines, the navy, the right. army. We're all on the same team, but inside that there's like oh we're the ones doing all yeah. this. <laughs> it's, it's college guys. Yeah.
3: And then it's us pro guys. Yeah. We all know that the pro guys do the most work in the organization. Right? We all know that. And in the way I always say all information is pro information you know everything that you guys compile from the road eventually comes to us and when we have to bring a guy in we go back and we check DJ and Bucky's character report their evals cuz it's now pro information so we
0: appreciate <laughs> so, you guys so and then on the flip side of it from the college side of things what we you know we like the pro guys we appreciate how difficult it must be to, to just go buy a box of football cards and look at their stats on the back and be able to find out who you want. You know? <laughs> we're who you trying want, to like. project, we're trying to project, you know, twenty year old kid what he's going to do when he gets older. So yeah, it's a little more difficult. You,
3: you know? know, what's funny is uh, the young guys that I've been able to groom. Um, you know, I always tell them that before they become an area scout, I think they should do a year of pro scouting yeah. mm-hmm. just because you get to see what's playing in the league. Right. So if you just go out on the road, you're always looking for the height, weight, speed guy. But then there's that big ugly who may not be the most dominant athlete, but he finds a way to get it done. You guys know those guys play in this league, and yep. they play a long time in this league, and you can tend to miss on them because they don't pass the height, weight, speed requirement.
0: That, to me, is the biggest mistake that young scouts make, and I got advice from an older scout when I first started. He said, the one thing I can tell you is offensive linemen, whatever grade you give him, bump it up one level. He's off. You just bump him up. So, if you're saying, like, in our skill, like if he was a 59, if you think he's a good 59, give him a 61 because you're going to inevitably be too hard on these offensive linemen. If he's smart and he's tough and he's a competent mover, a competent athlete, he doesn't have to be a special athlete. I think that's a mistake so many young guys make. They're looking for Jonathan Ogden out there. There aren't many Jonathan Ogdens floating around. Some of these guys got to play. So, you tend to be a little too hard on that position.
2: You know, I I think the interesting thing. So, what you talked about is something that – we discuss a little bit, but it's probably not discussed enough how to train scouts to be ready for the jobs that they get. And so um, I don't know what your background was in terms of training, but mine was I, I didn't really get um, the opportunity to sit and watch. Players. You got a
0: laptop in an area. Go get a laptop in an area.
2: Now, maybe some of that was because coming from a playing standpoint, coming right off the field and being thrown into a scouting department. Um, they just kind of put me on the road and expected that maybe I knew what was playing in the league. But so often what you talk about, scouting is a craft and you have to develop the craft. And I don't know if there's a enough appreciation for understanding the nuance of knowing what plays in the league and what you're trying to evaluate on the road that will eventually play in the league.
3: Oh, yeah, and my experience was the same as yours. I was a year removed from playing. Uh, Atlanta hires me. Here's some guys, watch them, write them up. (laughs) Now, my thing was I could tell you, hey, this guy can play, this guy can't play, but the verbiage of it, didn't know how to write a report, had no clue, you know. So I made sure once I got in a position where I had guys under me, we had a program that I've been running with the Rams for the last three seasons called Breakfast Club in my office every morning from Monday to Thursday, 5.30 in the morning, 7.30 in the morning, and we're watching guys together. Mm Mm-hmm get through and that helps me get some college tape done you know before I have to go on and do my day but we will watch three games on a guy and then we'll go around the room and everyone gives their eval that way we can talk about it we can discuss it hey think about this you know, what do you mean when you say this? This is not a term we use. We use, you know, these terms. So, it's getting everybody, you know, on the same uh, path and speaking the same language. 5.30. I'm trying to figure who's eating breakfast at 5.30 in
2: the
0: morning.
3: Well, it, it's funny. Five
0: 5.30? Bucky's having lunch by 5.30. 5.30? <laughs> what are we doing?
3: Well, we got the name Breakfast Club because one of my favorite radio shows is the Breakfast Club. Oh, I get it. Um, and so, started in mm-hmm. St. Louis. And so, every morning the guys would come in. That's what I'm listening to and watching mm-hmm. tape. And so the young guys just started to come in, and then we made it a thing. And then it's just it just became Breakfast Club. You know,
2: it, it, it's funny. You've talked about being trained in Baltimore. Yeah, we had what two, was, years, what was your, two years. What was so, your experience like?
0: So the way they did it in Baltimore is you come in-house and you split your time your first year between – uh, mostly majority pro, doing majority pro, helping out with advances. Like we would work on the special teams. I had to do the special teams advances for the opponents we were going to play. You had to grade your own roster on a weekly basis. And then they would, we would get to go out to local college games So we would have, like, in Baltimore, we'd go see Maryland Navy. I'd maybe go up and see uh, Penn State or whatever, I could drive on the Mm -hmm. weekend, go see those college kids, and I would write them up. So those were – and then they would send me out. I think they sent me out – maybe you got to go out for one week. They'd send you out on a small school swing like in Pennsylvania, go out for one week. So that was kind of breaking you in. Then year two, they kind of split it 50-50 where they would give you um, maybe, you know, Twenty schools you were responsible for. Still in the city, still going in the office every day. But then you'd get two weeks during the fall where they'd send you out to different that places real, for visits. Yeah, I feel like be, yeah. So you're yeah, kind of right. breaking in. But then the thing, the biggest thing is on those Mondays after you play you're in the room with you know with with Ozzy and and Phil Savage is there Eric all all the executives and you're watching the, your own game and then we would go around and grade our grade our own players on that own game so you're getting to hear and see it, you know how they evaluate but it's interesting what you said about the breakfast club because what I did to try and learn that helped me the most was you'd be there late late at night working long days i would just go through and say okay who are the best guards in the NFL like Alan Fanica was was the guy So I would go back through in the system. I would look up Alan Fanica, and I would read all of his college reports and how he was described coming out of college. So that kind of helped me see, okay, this is how you write a great player. This is what that looks like. No,
2: it's funny that you said it because similarly during the summer after I took the job, we came up, and we had kind of like a scout school where we looked at the top five players at most of the top positions, and we were able to look at how those guys – went about their business and so it gives you a frame of okay well this is the top of the top this is what that looks like this is what I'll use Julius Peppers he wasn't a guy that I looked at back then but say Julius Peppers this is how he moves this is the athleticism half this is his go to move this is how he turns speed into power as a pass rusher so now when I go out on the road and I'm looking at pass rushers I have that gold standard in mind while I'm looking at these other guys and I just believe it's a like There's a movement, I feel, sometimes that scouting is going away from true evaluators to more what we call information gatherers, meaning that they go out, they get all the background information, they talk to the coaches, they do all those things, they take it to the decision makers, and then they're kicked out the room. And having been in the rooms where I've been in, where it was an open forum and everyone had, I would say, an equal say, I would hate to be in a situation where I don't get an opportunity to hear the conversations of the higher-ups and kind of learn how it goes because everyone that gets into being a scout, eventually they want to ascend to the top chair. And if you're not being groomed to get to the top chair, how do you know what it takes to get there?
0: All right, I want to get to, the, uh, to some draft stuff here in just a second. But before we do that, because we have you in here, we talked a little bit on, uh, on Path of Draft yesterday with you. But for those listening – Jared Goff, where is he in his development? You've been around him. What what don't we know on the outside about Jared Goff, and how do you see this thing going?
3: The kid wants it, you know, and from from the moment he became the starter, uh, he did everything possible to be successful. Um, in L.A., uh, have a great training staff led by Reggie Scott. They figured out some type of health algor- algorithm, so the, the off day was Thursday and not Tuesday, you know, which is custom around them yeah. So what Jared did when he became a starter was everybody's in on Thursday. You know, in the morning we're going to watch tape together and then we're going to go into do a walkthrough. You know, and he organized that himself, not from the coach, not from anybody. He did that himself. And I think, um, you know, talking to Cooper Cup in studio yesterday, you know, Coop's already said, hey, I can't believe, like, the, the level of maturity he has for, you know, a 22-year-old kid right mm-hmm. now. So he wants it. You know, and I think, you know, under Sean's tutelage, under Greg Olson's tutelage, I think he can take the next step, whatever that next step may be.
0: Ah, that's good stuff there. I think that's for those that uh, are wanting to see the Rams get this thing going. That's encouraging news. Buck, what I want to do here is I'm going to go through like a clump of players. We had to do our cluster buster, right? So now we know where these guys have gone. So in terms of this, the situation, I want you to jump in on this, too, Rand. So we're just going to go uh, like a couple first round quarterbacks. So we'll start there. Trubisky. Uh, Trubisky going to the Bears, Watson going to the Texans, Mahomes uh, going to the Chiefs. Which one of those fits do you like best?
2: As crazy as it sounds, because the lowest-rated player went to the best situation in my book. Patrick Mahomes going to the Kansas City Chiefs is the perfect situation for him. Uh, He's a guy that's not ready to jump on the field, but he goes to a team and a coaching staff that has a development plan, a proven development plan when it comes to taking athletic quarterbacks and making them efficient pocket passers. Andy Reid, during his time in Philadelphia, we saw what he did with Donovan McNabb and Michael Vick. Even before that, his time in Green Bay with Brett Favre, being able to take someone who is raw and unrefined and kind of polish them up to the point where they can not only be an efficient player, but an effective player and then a Pro Bowl player. I believe if he's willing to adapt to the standards, he'll have opportunity to be a great player in Kansas City.
3: I'm going to take Deshaun Watson. I mean, you're going into a team that has the number one defense in the league, has pieces on offense, and all they're missing is that quarterback. You know, this kid has won on every level he's been on. And then, you know, to take away from – well, a lot of people don't know this. In my time in Atlanta uh, as a pro scout, Deshaun was the ball boy, you know, from local Gainesville High School. So he got to see Matt Ryan prepare for a season so he knows what it looks like. And then, so,
0: how old was he at that time?
3: He was in high school, maybe okay. sophomore-ish, like around that time. Well,
0: you so, you remember him during yeah, that
3: time. He, yeah, he, I mean – He was a, a cast-me-out back down there. Yeah. Like, and everyone uh, talked about him. And so, you know, he, he gets that, and then he goes into Billy O's um, team, and he's a good guy when it comes to developing quarterbacks from his time in New England. What he did with the young quarterback he had at Penn State, Hackenberg – you know, Hackenberg, you know, some say had his best seasons uh, under him. So I think that's the best fit, especially for a young quarterback, man. When it's not all on you, you can let the defense lead you, and you just got to be efficient and take care of the football.
0: All right, next one here. I'm just going to roll through a couple topics here. Second round wide receivers that we had go, okay? You got Zay Jones going to the Bills. You've got Curtis Samuel, who's a wide receiver slash running back, going to the Panthers. And then you had Juju Smith-Schuster going to the Steelers. Bucky, which one of those fits you like the best? <sighs> I'm going
2: to go Zay Jones in Buffalo. And the reason I believe it's a good fit, one, the offense that they're putting in under Rick Dennison, their version of the West Coast was really going to feature a lot of movement-based passing. I think he's going to get a lot of one-on-one opportunities on the backside of Sammy Watkins. And looking at him, not only during his time at East Carolina, but at the Senior Bowl, he's a very efficient and polished route runner. Does a great job of setting defenders up. He has more speed than I thought because he can kind of take the top off the defense, and he is a very competitive sucker when it comes to getting the ball in those 50-50s. I think
3: Juju. Um, Juju was a guy I liked. You know, a big, physical, strong receiver. Saw him as the quintessential number two. You know, but then you're going into a system where you got A.B., you got Martavis coming back. So it's not going to all be on him to be the effective guy. He can come in. Learn what it is to be a pro and professional receiver. And, again, the kid's only 20 years old.
0: All right, I got one more here. Then we got to take care of some business before we get out of here. Uh, Last one. Let's go third round, and let's go running backs in the third round. Alvin Kamara going to the Saints. There's a a couple of them here. Alvin Kamara to the Saints. We have – where's the next one here? We have the Chiefs' Kareem Hunt, who I'm a big fan of. Dante Foreman going to the Texans. And I believe we have one more here. The last one is the Steelers' James Conner. Ooh, intriguing.
2: I'm going to go with Alvin Kamara, and I'm going with Alvin Kamara more because of the coach and the play designer as opposed to the player. I think the player is terrific. We talked about him probably being a borderline first-round pick. Fell to the third round in a surprise in my estimation. But Sean Payton, has a long track record of showing that he understands how to create opportunities for the running back in the passing game. He did it before with Reggie Bush. I want to say Reggie Bush's first two years. He had 88 and 74 receptions, respectively. Really made him a difference maker in the passing game. When he got his hands on Darren Sproles, he had Darren Sproles as an impact player in the passing game. What he's been able to do with Pierre Thomas as a guy that was a screen guy, an occasional runner inside, he understands the running back. He'll put Alvin Kamara in a position to exploit the defense, and he's going to bring a big production.
3: I agree with that, taken. the only thing I have to add, if you look at recently, the Saints got away from that screen game that gave the rest of the league hell. Mm-hmm. The only time you saw it last year was against the Rams to impede that pass rush, and they lit us up with that screen game. And that coincidentally was, I think, was the only game Sean Payton called plays. Interesting. Getting Alvin Kamara to that offense, expect to see that screen game back this year.
0: All right, I got I got uh I want to get a great scouting scouting story from you. See, but it I, comes through.
2: See, but I don't know if he knows. I don't know if he knows well, that.
0: Well, well, I was going to get to that. Before we get uh, to your your scouting story, which is going to be a highlight. You're going to want to stay tuned for this. But I I got to ask him one question before that, Bucky. Uh, how's your how's your underwear game? Because you need to upgrade it. And Bucky, how can he do that?
2: Well, I mean, he can upgrade it by taking it to the next level with me undies. You probably don't know what me undies. What, what what is me undies, you ask? Oh, it's just some seriously soft. I'm talking good seriously
0: undies. soft. Not not so seriously soft.
2: Delivered right to your door.
0: Yeah, me undies are designed in LA. I don't know if you knew that, Rand. Made from sustainably sourced. What are they made from, Bucky?
2: Micromodal, a fabric three times softer than cotton. Me undies softer than soft. Lux undies come in an ever changing selection of classic colors, bold shapes. And Bucky's t- favorite adventurous patterns. I have some pandas that they've sent me that
0: I really love.
2: So you can tailor your undies to your own personal style.
0: Yeah, guess what? You can save time and money each month with a monthly subscription and a bucky if they're not ready for a monthly subscription. Like maybe you're a
2: commitment foe, but if you're not ready for a subscription, that's okay. You can still save. That's because Me Undies is offering you 20% off your first pair.
0: We got you covered though, Rand, because we got a special URL. It's MeUndies.com slash NFL2017. You get 20% off that first pair.
2: So Rand, you can go ahead and revamp your underwear because you deserve it.
0: Once again, that's meundiescom dot slash nfl twenty seventeen. meundiescom dot slash nfl twenty seventeen. Rand had no idea what he. Just no idea in. what uh, he. I, I
3: really could have done without knowing if you got
0: some credit. <laughs> yeah, underwear. yeah, yeah. No, it's strong. It's strong. It's strong. strong. The, pandas, the, pandas, the panda underwear. Oh, is strong. Panda underwear is strong. panda underwear is strong. All right, Rand. We need a story from you. We need a good scouting story, either from the road, from a pro day, from in the office. We need. We need you to come strong with a, a scouting story. That's got I need a little flavor from you see. here. See.
3: Trying to think. Only the one that jumps out, and it's not funny or anything. I was at the Virginia Tech Pro Day when Jason Worlds came out. Oh. And that was one of the most impressive Pro Day workouts I've ever seen, right? So I'm standing there. This is actually my first Pro Day. So I'm at there. I'm timing the 40. Jason Worlds, okay, he's an outside linebacker slash defensive end, whatever. Clock is 40. And then I look at it. And I was like, there's no way in hell. <laughs> <laughs> now, because I'm so focused on what I have to do. I don't know anybody is around. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
3: And Reggie McKenzie's behind me. Yeah. And so I'm looking down, and in my mind, I'm like, well, how can I fudge this time? Because he didn't run this.
0: Yeah, there's no way. And then
3: Reggie leans over. Yeah, you got that right, big fella.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's the best. That's the best. That's the first thing that came to my mind. That's good. That's strong. That is I think, strong. I think you've earned it a return an invitation. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Rand Carthon, bringing some uh, bringing some funk to the Move the Sticks podcast today, man. Hey, thanks for thanks for joining hey, us. Hey, man, I appreciate that was you, great. man. No, appreciate that was great. You. We're going to get you great. back in here again. All right, well, that's uh, that's gonna do it for us, Buck. We get get a little time here. These next podcasts are gonna be coming from Casa de Jeremiah and Casa de Brooks. <laughs> <laughs> I might be in studio while you're at Casa de. Brooks. Yeah, I ain't gonna be in studio. I can darn sure promise you that. But hey, boys behind the glass. Sully Hytham, nice work, uh, yes, great job. Good. All the lot, a lot of work went into the draft prep that we did here, and all the information, all the interviews. David Singer getting us a bunch of these guests. Uh, we had so many players come on. Don't forget Adam Musto too. He's oh, oh Musto, yeah, I can't Musto. see Musto back there. Yeah, there he is back there. <laughs> yeah. But you Just know, crushing it. The yeah, great, behind the great thing about our, our crew behind the glass,
2: man, they got the Trubisky jersey market on lock. Oh hyphen. yeah, oh, so Musto. They can't wait. Not me. They can't wait.
0: To maybe, Malik to maybe Malik McDowell, maybe Malik McDowell. Yeah, well, yeah. We, we thought yeah. that we thought yeah. that Sully's a big Tennessee fan, so we thought you know he's I'm, also a Seahawks. Fan. I gotta ask you. Almost in the
3: parking lot the other day. Yeah, Tennessee.
2: yeah,
3: Gaffney, guy.
0: 2000. Was that a catch? Yes. No. Yes. Did, you, did, you ever, did you ever lose to Tennessee? Yeah, twice. Yeah. Hey, hold on now. <laughs> you
3: guys cheated us in 2001. We were supposed to play them 2001,
0: 9-11. Go trade center, yeah. Yeah.
3: And pushes it back. Then they steal a game from us. Pass interference. In I don't
0: know. Game. I don't know about that. Travis Stevens went like 250 yards on you guys.
3: Yeah, but it still came down to the last play, pass interference. <laughs> but it was a late game. They were ready for the, for it to be over, and
0: we lost. <laughs> we and then, and then 2003 is the last time we beat you in the swamp too you got to bring up old stuff. We're all mature adults. <laughs> yeah. We yeah. move yeah. on that. But that's, but that's he the last – 2003 this. is the last time you got us in the swamp. That's, he was, that's, he and, was and, like, and
3: coincidentally, that was my senior year.
0: That's unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Oh. Appreciate oh, wow. it. So insulting, <laughs> insulting guests. Nice <sighs> to down there. Anyways, I was just trying to give a heartfelt thank you to you guys. Thank you, um, guys. Hats off to you guys because I tell you what, I'm I'm darn proud of what we were able to do in the run-up to the draft this year, and it was a lot of hard work. Me and Bucky get to do the fun stuff, sit out here and talk about it, but we know you guys are working putting in big hours to get it out there. Thank you, guys. Thank, Thank you. you guys Cheers. very much. Yep. All right, that's going to do it for us. We'll see you next time here on Move the Sticks. Thanks for downloading Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. For more, go to NFL.com slash podcasts.
1: No change to your routine, no extra time. Right now, they are running a buy one, get one offer. Hurry to smileactives.com slash iHeart today to receive this special offer with free shipping and handling.
0: You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them.